Hey guys, what's up? In today's episode, I'm going to teach you exactly how the step-by-steps to never get no-shows again. Wonderful. Amazing. How do you do that? We'll find out after the intro. Okay. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. You listen and review. What we're going to talk about today is nurture sequences, no-shows, what induces them, mm-hmm. how you overcome them, uh, what it means for a business to be able to, like, what some of the limitations that you have when you have a high no-show rate. Okay. Do you know what I mean when I say no-show rate? People who don't turn up to the sales call. Or any of the calls. Or any of them at so all. So glad. So glad. Okay. Settle in, children. Today's going to be a good one. All right. Sweet. Right? So there, there are many points in the sales process where someone can fall out of it. Okay. You know, at any friction point, any point where you're asking them to pass through a gate, right, they can just sort of fall out. And so it's important that as business owners and as sales guys, we understand all those areas where they can fall out really, really well. And the not only what gets them to there, but what happens when they're there, what the point of that point is, and then what communication is had with the client in between that and the next one. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to start off with the most common reasons for no-shows. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people try and make it really complicated. And I will go into some complex reasons why you can get no-shows. Okay. Right? But the number one thing, the number one thing is the SMS credits run out on your scheduling system. Really? <laughs> it's as simple as that. Number one reason. So right that's how those work. You have to top that up like top a prepaid account. Top it up. People don't do that. And they forget. And that sends out the, like, uh, what do you call it, confirmation, reminds people. Yep. They don't get it. They're they don't unreminded. Come. They don't turn up. Exactly. That is literally, so I, I have like a step-by-step idiot's guide to fixing no-show rates. And the number one thing is, is the SMS credits topped up. Mm-hmm. Because like people get lost in a sea of email. You know, um, mm-hmm. like email is not a super effective form of communication for that type of thing. I think it is for like offers and, and like information. But when it's like, hey, just a reminder, 24 hours, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like number one. So, you know, we, we've had show up rates issues in the past and ran around like chickens with their head cut off trying to figure out what's happening. And so, oh, I haven't been reminded. <laughs> what does that cost? Almost nothing. Okay. Like um, per text message that goes out, oh, like what are you paying? Less like cents. Okay. Yeah, and not lots of them. Yeah, like like just a, a couple, a of small them. amount of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's just it's just a and it's an it's an important thing that people have text and email reminders set up because okay. just also like different demographics of people communicate with different means. Like a fifty year old might want the email, mm-hmm. and the text is like, oh, okay, sweet. Um, but also, I think a lot of people forget that uh, it, it's very it's rare that people follow a calendar um, as like gospel as much as what salespeople do. Okay. So like salespeople or personal trainers or like real service providing people who deal with people like in one-on-one interactions, mm-hmm. their 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 day is run by a diary. Mm-hmm. Whereas like even these days, my day isn't really run by a diary. I have things on my diary, but like I have lots of things that are not mm-hmm. diaryable. Yeah. You know? So I suppose unless you're one of those, you know, uh, control freaks that maps out their day to the second, if you're not having interactions with others, when I'm editing... I just black out the day editing. Like the, it's just the whole day, that's what it is. Exactly. And I'll stop when I feel like it. I'll have interactions with people as they happen, but I'm not blocking out like you know, minute to minute. Mm. Very few people do. And when uh, if you lead that kind of life, it's easy to just 
be in your work and overlook a, an appointment that was meant to happen. Exactly. And, and also, like, <clears throat> the way that it's done most of the time is that they are sent a booking link or they, they – now, it's a secondary step to then add that to your calendar, mm -hmm. which most people don't do. Mm -hmm. So most no-shows oh, – I like to think that people aren't maliciously no-showing. Like, fuck this guy. Yeah, I'm going to book him out and not turn yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. I I'm mean, like, you do get that. Like, you get, like, names like Fucky McFuckerson. <laughs> and they're like, you know, like, at fuckyou.com. Oh, it like, happens. I, th I think it's great. I'm like, well, well done, 17-year-old yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people, they just don't click that. It's like a tiny little button down the bottom of these click to add to Google. And if they don't think to do that, they're doing it on their phone or they're like a lot of people when they see a Facebook ad, what are they doing? They're like at lunch or they're at home watching TV. Mm -hmm. The ads come on, they scroll through Facebook and they go, oh, that's interesting. Oh, watch this. That's the context of most people opting into something. So they just forget to do that. So those emails and the text reminders become really important. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you don't have those set up and you don't have them set up properly, then it's going to just induce no-shows. Okay. So that's like number one, like okay. make sure that's set up. The second most common reason is over or under communicating, right? Mm. So too much, you mean? As too much. Harassing someone to the point where they're just like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, a lot of the time, though, it's unintentional because you have to have a tag that removes them from marketing sequences. Okay. So, like, you can imagine, like, there's probably a lot of businesses that you interact with, have bought something or whatever, um, or maybe even had a sales call with at some point where they send you marketing communication material where it's like a daily email. Noble. They are... Ruthless. <laughs> they won't leave you alone. You end up with 20 pairs of shoes. <laughs> so it's working. I mean, you could opt out, but... Why? They just got the cool shoes. What if they keep... But, mate, they're relentless. Shoes? They they email you nonstop. It, yeah. It, they harass you um, to the point where, like, I've unsubscribed multiple times, but then every time you buy something new, you're back on the goddamn list. Back on it, baby. Catch you again. Yeah, so what, what should happen, like, they... they what I imagine they, they would have is they have like a buyer's list and non-buyer's list. And if you're the non-buyer's list, you get even more, mm. right? Like, mm -hmm. so like, let's just say there was a promotional opportunity where you wanted to, you know, buy a large amount of noble shoes and you were like then in a sales process, but you continued to get the same amount of emails. You'd be like, Hey guys, what the fuck? Plus you added all these reminder sequences on top. Mm -hmm. And then plus you might get emails, which might be like, Hey, I need you to fill this, this and this out. I want you to watch these testimonials. Then all of a sudden you start getting like text emails, the promotional emails, plus you're being followed around on Facebook because now you've been like targeted, mm -hmm. you've been retargeted for like testimonial ads. Mm -hmm. So it's just like a barrage of information and you're just over communicating to the person and it just induces sales distance. And like, this is just too much guys. I need to get out of here. Mm. And they just don't show up because it's easier. Do you think, yeah. So you think they just don't show up because you bombarded them and it was too much or that, they stopped paying attention to everything that was going on because it was too much. And so they, they forgot that it was on that. Like your reminder was just seen by them as another fucking thing. Just noise. Yeah. It's hard to say which one, but Either I mean, the, the only time I've ever had feedback was the, was the, was the former. Okay. Like, fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> too much. <laughs> you're, you're raping me <laughs> from, for information. Like I've had some aggressive, like never from our business. Cause we were pretty fastidious about that. But yeah. like I've, as a sales rep in a business, I've been like, Hey dude, fuck you. And the amount of emails you sent me. Mm -hmm. And the most I've ever seen was like something like 37 communications in the matter of three days. Mm, okay. That's because they were on every list. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, much. what you what you have to set up is the moment that a booking is created, it has to send 
auto tags out to the CRM mm -hmm. to immediately remove them from all promotional emails. So the only thing they get from you is what they should get at their part of the sales cycle. Okay. Because you might have six different lists and they might be on all of them. Yeah. Like 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 I can see we, we have a lot of like uh, downloadables on salesniper.net. You can go there and get a whole bunch of free downloads. Did you say it was salesniper.net? I think so. I think it was salesniper.net. Dot net salesniper. And there was free downloadables. Salesniper.net. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just to be clear. Yeah, we might put it somewhere. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but I was like, and, and some of them put you on different lists, right? And I've seen guys on like seven, like every list. Yeah. They've downloaded everything we have available. And then they're like in our Facebook groups, they're on this, they're on this, they're on this, they're on this, and they're just on everything. You yeah. Know what I mean? So they're going to get smashed with emails. And then I think we, we discussed this the other week. I think one of the worst parts of that is then that you're partway through the sales process or have just bought and you get a discount. Yeah. Oh, man. Like that. Yeah. You got to, that's why it's another thing. You got to take them off promotional emails because you don't want the people who just bought to get the flash sale, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. it makes you look stupid Yeah, and you get like refunds and people get pissed off and which like, it's funny because like if I bought a sweater at, at like Nordstrom's I, I, and it was on sale the next day, I go, ah, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I wouldn't be like, how dare you Nordstrom's? This is a malicious attack. But people do. Oh yeah. They get angry. Yeah. I've yeah. Seen it. yeah. I've had it happen. Yeah. And then my explanation is always the same. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Like we had a flash sale. It is the problem. Like, because when people, you know, you're, you're marketing, I, I, I have encountered this with just my own stuff is you almost feel bad when you see a sale coming, knowing full well, you're going to, you're going to do a sale next week. Yeah. That, that week building up, you're like, Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you paid double what you could have next week. Yeah. But what can you do? Like that's business. That's just, that's just how it goes. Exactly. That's marketing cycles. Yeah. 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 So, okay, so there's that, and then there's under-communicating, which is where, like, it's like one guy going, hey, man, don't forget. Mm -hmm. You have a thing in two days' time. And that's it. Mm -hmm. It's nothing. So, like, you really got to, like, find the balance. That's where tracking your show-up rates mm -hmm. is really important. So, like, if, if, they're, if they're booking in through, like, a VSL or some sort of video sales at a webinar or something, it's like, okay, how, what, like, what communication are they getting? What is the outcome we're looking for the communication? What is the frequency and pacing of that? And then from there, what's the efficacy of it? And it's like, let's make some small tweaks and changes one part at a time. So one thing that I did particularly well when I was like just commissioning sales ripping is I mapped it out from all those all the steps. And then I had my like acceptable tolerances. Mm -hmm. And every month I focused on one metric. So it was like, okay, I'm going to focus on that one. And then I did a, like I changed one thing, let it go for a week, changed another thing, let it go for a week. And then by the end of that month, I would have like optimized, like increased that by a little bit. Okay, now now what's the lowest performing metric? Okay, I'll go to that. Okay, so I'll go to that. Go back a step. When you were commission only sales rep for other people, who's in charge of that that um, reminder sequence? Well, it's the business, but I felt like I had to control it because it was directly affecting me. Okay, so it should be the business. Like people listening, if you are the business owner, then that's up to you to be putting yeah. those things in place. But if you're the sales rep, then you really should be checking on those things and yeah. making sure that they actually have been done. And if not, then developing a system of your own. And you've you got to be able to see the red flags of like, hmm, my no-show rate is enormous. Like we, have, like we have an account right now, they're giving us plenty of leads, but they have a 60% no-show rate to our first call. Mm. And it's like, okay, so I went through and first thing was like, let me have a look at all the communication you're sending. And it was garbage. It was terrible. Okay. Um, so I rewrote all their emails. In what way? It was so assumptive. It was just like, instead of, like, it was a little bit of over communicating, but that wasn't too bad. But the communication was like, on this call, 
make sure you come prepared because we are going to present you with an opportunity that will change your life. Okay. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I quit. Like that stuff is so assumptive and so salesy yep. that it provides nothing positive. Also, yeah. there's like a veil of fake thing that really pisses people off is when they know it's fake uh, personalization. Okay. You know, like, oh, hey, Pat, it's uh, just Matt here, and I'm really looking forward to our call at 3.30 p.m. EST. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like it, there's just an obvious part where it's just like, just have it be automated. Yeah. Don't, don't pretend it's not automated. No, don't pretend. It's yeah. just like, because you're, you're in my opinion, you're getting off the wrong foot straight away. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're, you're lying to a prospect immediately, which I just don't ever see ending well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so like there's a lot of things and nuance in the communication that you send out. But for me, it's like, okay, first of all, are all the things being done? Second of all, are we over or under communicating? Have we make sure the tags have been set up so we're not just like looping people on lists? And then like the third one is is sort of like, what style of communication are we doing and what's the outcome? A lot of people, I think they try and do too much with their pre sort of core communication. Like they're trying to like set up the sales reps for layups or something. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it's just not going to happen. It's also not the point. Don't try and do the next thing up. You know, like the point of that is to get them to show. Okay. So what you're trying to do is not fuck it up. Okay. That's your only goal. Okay. So by that, you mean they're trying to prep people too much for the sale and gearing them like framing or whatever yeah. too much and really just make sure they turn up nothing else. Just like it's yeah. here this time, this place, be there yeah. or be square. Yeah. But also like normalizing that it's, that it's okay to be busy because, like, what you want to do is you want to, like, you don't want someone to feel bad for not showing up. Mm-hmm. Because, like, raise your hand if you ever no show to a sales call. Like, I have. And it wasn't not intentional. Mm. But then it's like if the sales rep comes back, like, this is my time and my diary space and motherfucker. And you, it's like, hey, hey dude, like, it was a mistake. I have kids. Like, they're more yeah, important. Go sorry. fuck yourself. Yeah, sorry. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know closer. yourself? Go fuck it. Come closer. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Uh, do, do you often include like a reschedule link in case, yeah, so that if people, it's easy for them if they look at it and go, oh, I'm, I am busy that day. Yeah. Is it an easy reschedule? I will usually try and get them to reach out to reschedule. I think rescheduling links cause an overabundance of reschedules. Okay. Like I, I want people to know like, hey, like please respect diary. Like it, it, I totally understand if you have to reschedule, life happens at all times. Mm-hmm. Just reach out to us and we will do our best to fit you in as soon as humanly possible. Okay, so you want them to email or call or something. Yeah. Like interact with a real person to reschedule. Exactly. It's just a mu- I think it's a much better way of doing it. And then like if somebody does no show, normalizing that is an important step. Mm-hmm. A lot of people make the mistakes, not a business make the mistakes of like trying to frame it as like you are just kind of a shit human if you no show. Um, and a lot of sales reps I know like their, their process is kind of like that's what they're taught. And I think that's just to make them feel better. To be honest, it's not really very productive. But um, like I, I always send messages like, oh, hey, dude, something must have come up. I totally get it. I've got kids, like a life I totally understand. Um, if you want to reconnect really soon, just let me know. Send me a text and I'll like make some time for you. If this is a thing that you need to sort of push back for a little bit of time, that's cool. Let's just connect next week and I'll give you a call. Or if this is just not for you, that's cool, dude. Just let me know. How do they get that from you? Like that's a text message or an email or something? So I would like them – I would usually – call people like two or three times like at the time okay and then i'll text them so when they no show you wait how long do you give it before you contact them you're sitting on the zoom call no one's there i usually like text them pretty much straight away like hey brother on the call looking forward to having a chat okay right if i get nothing back then i'll call from a different number 
Ooh, snap it too. Yeah, I usually Sneaky. call yeah from a different number. Um, usually after about three or four minutes, like so it's not super obvious. Uh-huh. And then I'll be like, hey, dude, I'm just in the Zoom call. Is there? Let me know if there's any troubles. And sometimes that'll get them to hop on. Like sometimes they're just busy and they forget, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, or they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there in a second. And they just lie. They're just people who don't like conflict. Okay. You know, a lot of people just don't like So conflict. if they say, that I'll be there in a sec, and they never turn up, yeah. do you then give them that same follow-up of like... Yeah, I'm super nice. Okay. Yeah. Again, like what's the point? No, no, but I'm curious yeah. because that's a different thing. Like just not turning up at all and saying, yeah, yeah I'm, I'll be there in a second and then not turning up. That's, yeah. a, that's a really different thing to do. Yeah. But they, they still both get the same follow-up. Yeah. The reason is, is because like I don't know what day that person's had. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so like sometimes it's just like today is not the day. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like I've had like this and this. My missus has been fucking screaming at me. This has happened. This has happened. Yeah. Like yesterday. For a sales call, yesterday was not the day, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So I was just like, okay, man, I get it, dude. Don't, don't, don't like, don't stress at all. Like, yeah. If you want to come back, let me know. If not, that's cool too. Uh, let me just tell you a little story. Uh, for people, you wouldn't know, how would you? But my son, who's nearly a year old, kind of circled the drain for two weeks when he was born and was in intensive care for a long time. It was a real problem. And I was coming home from the hospital, and this guy was blocking the street. Uh, he was dropping off like at the school there and he was totally blocked. And I got out of the car and I was like, hey man, can you please just move the car? And he just turned and gave me lip. <laughs> I just went to high level straight away. Yeah. And he was like, what's wrong with you? Like, this is overreaction. And I actually said to him, I was like, I was like, man, I'm giving you two weeks worth of fury at the moment. Like, I'm very sorry as I was sort of coming back to myself and was realizing. And that was a huge one is that you just don't know what set of circumstances exactly. someone came from right before they're dealing with you. Like yeah. where I was just like, dude, I have no time for anything. You get in my way. Yeah. I'll, I'll hurt you. I'll go through you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he couldn't have known that he just was parked shittily. Yeah. not <laughs> yeah. lost it. Yeah. Lost it. And, and I think like people just don't give the benefit of the doubt. Um, and it's a lesson that I learned and I learned it because I did it to someone. The guy was like, yeah, yeah, I'll sign up. I was like, Hey dude, you want to do a credit card? He's like, yeah, Hey, listen, dude, like my, one of the guys on his team had all the company credit cards because they were going to buy all this stuff for a big job. He's like, hey, dude, I just don't have the cards. Like, I'm, I'll pay, but you call me back at seven. I was like, cool, man. Um, called him back at seven, didn't pick up. Texted him, didn't answer. And then I was like, Ugh. I was like, this is disrespectful. My time is important. Anyway, so I wrote him an email. It was like well-worded, but it was kind of like, the the <laughs> the general gist was how dare you, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, he goes, he re- responded to me back. And he's like, this is super disappointing. I just actually had like a bunch of family shit happen that night. I just didn't have time to get back to you. And he said, this shows me that you don't actually care about me getting results. You just care about getting the sale. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, touche. You me. are right. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. And that was a big lesson. So he actually ended up signing up around me. Yeah, right. To the okay. business owner directly because yeah. I did a good job of selling him. Yeah. And he you wanted, wanted to do it. But he, he didn't want me to get the comms. Yeah, fair enough. Like, and I was like, yeah, fair call. And ever since that happened, like, that was a really good lesson. And I was like, ah, uh, I just don't know. Mm. I don't know the circumstances under this person doing this. So, and it's better for my mental well being if I assume the person had the best of intentions. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way that I can know they don't. Unless they text me going, ha ha, gotcha, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Then I, I can't know. And then I'd be like, ah, well played. Have you ever had anyone go around you before or since? No. 
No. So you've never had anyone intentionally still buy the product and make sure you didn't get the commission for whatever reason? No. Uh, I, I mean, I, I might it might have happened, but I just didn't know about it. But that time, like, he told me what he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, the guy was like, I'm gonna still going to buy this, but I'm going to do it so you're not involved. Perfect. And I was like, well played. Thank and you. It, it was a great lesson. Like, it really was. And I, listen, like, I, I flat out, I was like, hey, dude, you know what? I actually really appreciate you giving me the feedback. You are 100% right. And this is a good learning lesson for me. I hope you crush it in the program. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and, and it was great. And then from then on, every single, like the little mantra that I told myself was, I'll treat everybody like it's my mother. Mm-hmm. Like if, if somebody doesn't pick up the phone, I'm concerned. I'm not angry. Mm. So it's like, hey, hey, man, is everything cool? It's, if you need to reschedule, don't stress about it. I get it. I have a life too. Just let me know what you need me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that is, it comes through so much better for your mental well-being. It's easier. Um, and, and you just walk, otherwise you just walk around, like a lot of sales reps walk around thinking that the world is trying to fuck them in the ass. Mm. And it's just like, most of the time, guys, they're just busy. Mm. And you're just not that important to them. And fair enough. Mm-hmm. Like, why should you be? Yeah, yeah. It's a very fleeting interaction, right? Yeah. And 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 I suppose as a consumer, uh Missing a sales call is no big deal because you can just do another one. Yeah. Right? Like you're like, oh, I missed it. I totally forgot. Sorry, bro. Can we go again in the, in a week? And that makes no difference to you as a consumer. Yeah. But as a salesperson, that's the difference between a commission this week or next week, right? Yeah. Or, or at all. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, that's a tough one for a lot of sales reps to get around, but I think it's an important one to teach. And I mm-hmm. make sure that my guy is trying to think that way. Otherwise, you just burn out because you think the whole world hates you all the time, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, but again, there are things that you can do to prevent that. So we've gone over uh, step one, making sure that you have all the appropriate credits and just like the stupid things. Like what are the stupidest things that could happen that would induce this no-show, mm-hmm. you know? And that's like, are we, do we have credits? Are we over-communicating, under-communicating? Is the communication that we're sending just raucous, mm-hmm. you know? And you, you've got to know that. Like you, everyone should know exactly what communication is being sent at every stage because it's it's such a vital part of the process where you can fuck it up when you shouldn't it just shouldn't be yep. fucked up yeah you know so like some some of these emails that are like make sure all decision makers are on the call like guys there are better ways to word that hey if you have a partner we'd love to have them on the call so we can understand their perspective as well yeah yeah like just word it like that yeah and like, you know, what's funny, like you think an email is going to dictate whether or not someone brings all decision makers. <laughs> like, do you, do you think, power do you think it has? Do you think that when you see emails like that, maybe that's uh, an ESL issue? Like that was written by a VA and they don't understand the impact of that kind of words. Like English is a second language. Do you think? I think from what I've seen, it, it's business owners going like, no, no, no. I'm important. They need to know. Yeah. Okay. Don't waste my time. Yeah. Like that's what it is most of the time. And I, I think that's a, a flawed logic, yeah. You know, um, in in the first place, like I, for for me personally, I've always said I'd rather speak to, I'd rather have a sales call with an unqualified or underqualified salesperson with a prospect, rather than have no sales call at all, mm-hmm. because I'd like just like the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Not only is it an opportunity to get better, because if you're talking to someone with no money and you're selling something expensive, you have to do some ninja shit to get that across the line. Even if even if it's impossible, yeah. you can go through a really cool learning process with that, yeah. right? Which makes you better. Like training a hard dog makes you better. Selling tough prospects makes you better. So there's that benefit. Um, and then like if you do it in the right way, like 
financial situations ebb and flow like a tide. Mm-hmm. When they are ready to buy, they will. They come back to you. And so it's about creating that uh, ecosystem around yourself that allows you to have a lot of uh, long-term success. Here's a question. Imagine you are, you know, you have a sales call. Uh, the person's like, hey, I would love to get this product. It's just impossible for me currently. Um, and you go, yeah, cool. We'll follow up. You're off that account. Six months later, they contact you directly and say, oh, I'd like to buy. But you're no longer a part of that. What do you do then? Do you then, like, you know, do you pass them on in some way? Or do you try and figure out a way to get that commission? Like, how does that work? Or uh, has that ever happened? Am I yeah, no, it's happened. Uh, usually I'll sell them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though you've got nothing to do with that business anymore and then call those people and go, hey. Yeah, so I'll take all the details required. If I still have all the payment links, I'll process it. And then I'll do the onboarding. Because I usually, I save, I have, like, all my onboardings bookmarked. Okay. That so I, I I still have onboardings from like the first account I was on just okay. in case yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, like they'll have to pay out the com okay like I made the sale yeah like, and they they'd be like oh sweet yeah they're happy to yeah I'm they'd sure. be happy to yeah, yeah it's like it's a free lead for them you know what I mean so um, do that um, if I've been told specifically that they don't want us doing any follow up then what I'll do is I'll go okay what do you want me to do with people who come to me in two months and want to buy I'll be like because I'm not yeah I'm not passing them on unless there's something in it for me. Mm-hmm. In which case, I'll probably usually set up a referral fee with the sales rep. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Carry but on. like if they're a really cool person and I can't get any of that done, I'll still pass them on. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, here you go. Talk to this person. Yeah. Like, I got, I got nothing against the individual. If it's a, just a, like a flick, like flick an email, then it's yeah, fine. Yeah, sure. But I'll usually try and find a way to get the commission. Okay. Yeah. Because um, I usually have pretty good relationships with the prospects, especially like some, some people I farm for like a year. Mm. you know so i talked to them that's like what i mean so like a, like you must have things pop up from like two years ago and stuff like that that you're like yeah, i had like two weeks ago i had a guy call me from when i was selling on tgc three years ago yeah right he's like hey man been following your stuff i think i'm ready to sign up with tgc <laughs> i was like <laughs> i was like fuck it took you a while mate <laughs> like got him in the so end. i just passed him on to um i just put him in the in the pipeline for the boys yeah because we still did the sales for them. Perfect. So, like, I was like, yeah, perfect. It's yeah. great. His name is Patty. But yeah, it's pretty funny. So we, we've, got, we've got those four steps, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then what we need to do now is figure out like what, like what dictates, well, what happens when you have poor show up rates? Yeah. Right? The, the real limiting factor is you cannot scale the business. Okay. At all. Um, if your show up rate, I would say, is below 60%, you can't, increase your ad spend okay because all problems are exacerbated at scale mm-hmm. right so it's not like your show up rate's going to get better mm-hmm. because the way that like especially facebook and or any any of the marketing platforms work is like they attract similar people yeah so like you you have to like if you have a no-show problem some of it might be targeting mm-hmm. like you're not targeting the right people and if you don't have a good media buying team it will just like target people with the same behavioral patterns because mm-hmm. it's it's all behavior so if they're behaving one way on Facebook, like that's who they are. Yeah. So they'll behave the same way on a sales call, behave the same way. So you start to get a real niche avatar. So yep. if you're not careful, like you'll scale your ads specifically for people who just don't fucking show up. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like it's really easy to do because the machine learning is so quick, yep. so effective. So how do you avoid that? Just good media buyers, man. Okay. Like that's that's sort of step one. People who know what they're doing and people who are again, this goes back to the problem where it's like marketing guys are just looking for leads. Yeah, sales guys say. are just looking for sales sales conversion. Surely that becomes another important part of that looping of the two together. They have to talk. Yeah. And like the marketing team needs to be able to take constructive feedback 
and the sales team needs to be able to take constructive feedback. Mm -hmm. But the hard part is there's almost never a person who can sit in the middle and actually give you a, a if, if these leads are quality. It's such an interesting thing about having Marco um, is because he, so we do the sales and marketing for a lot of our clients, uh, which you can go to crushsales.net. And I think where? it's crushsales.net. Crushsales.net. Yeah. Okay, that's you, where they should go. Yeah, you can go there and you can apply to have us do your sales and marketing for you. So we do it together. And the reason why it's worked out so well so far is because like you have the head of marketing who's Marco who can listen to a sales call yep. and go, oh, those leads are garbage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you got the sales team going, I don't know if these leads are any good, man. And usually this marketing team's going, but no, they're amazing. Look at this form they filled out. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, we've gone over that before. It's like, it means nothing. But you, you don't, they don't have the technical sales ability to listen to a sales call and pick up what's happening. Mm -hmm. Whereas Marco can listen to 10 calls and go, oh, uh, no, these aren't good. Yeah, good sales guy, bad lead. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And, and like a good sales guy can make things happen with a bad lead. But again, that's not scalable. Like it's just skill. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that person leaves, then no one's going to be able to replace them. Sure. So like that's one of the reasons why like having that a person who is skilled in both is really difficult to find for one thing, but also very important to where you can have a really constructive feedback loop of what the sales guys going, this is the data that we're seeing. The marketing guys taking that and going, okay, what element of that is us doing a good job? What element of that is us doing a bad job? And how do we adjust? And the sales team doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Be like, because the, the, they should be able to go, well, dude, you guys have had this many calls, this many calls, this many calls. Like the show up to sales call, if they're going through that triage method, that's nothing. That's almost nothing to do with the marketing team. That's mm -hmm. all the sales team. Mm -hmm. There is a small element, like if they haven't been removed from those lists, they can induce no shows through some of those things, some like silly things, yep. or if they're just being bombarded with information or whatever. But generally speaking, the quality of that middle conversation will dictate the amount of shops going through. That's interesting to me because I had always kind of pictured the sales and marketing as being quite siloed and that's the issue. But there is a gray area, even when you are using two yeah. completely separate companies and that is for the show up, right? Yeah. So that's, there is a, there is an overlapping that, that has to occur even when you are using two separate, totally separate in, entities. Yeah. There's, there's two places where the overlap needs to, one is the, the qualification rate from one stage to another. Mm -hmm. So like if there's a human filter there, how many, what percentage of those people are they letting through? Okay. If they're letting through, and this is goes back to that video that we just kind of shot before, which is like, how do you know how to dynamically kind of control how many people you let through? And this is why like sales conversion rate is not necessarily the right metric to look at. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if I have a lot of shit leads, um, and I like I can want to fill my diary up. I have to, I have to be quite careful with who I let through, but I still want to fill the diary. Mm. So I know that if I have a lot of low leads, but I still want to book a lot of sales calls, like my sales conversion is going to be low, but my overall sales will be higher. Yep. Whereas like if you gave me a KPI of like say sixty percent close rate, and that was my KPI. I'm like, all right, just let no one through. Yeah, like that's easy to achieve. I'll yeah. only let people who have X amount of money in their in their pockets right now, yeah. like who are ready on the call, and I can ask a series of questions in that discovery. Are you ready to take action now? Do you have liquidity required? Like this and this and this and this. Like done. Put them through. We'll close like seventy percent of them. Mm -hmm. But that's just going to limit the pool of people that we allow through. So we're only letting in the laydowns. Like let's widen that out a little bit. So that qualification rate, if it's really low, the marketing is not doing its job. Yep. Right? 
Um, but like that, that takes a while to dial in and it's going to go up and down and all that kind of stuff. So you got to have a way to kind of move that goalpost a bit. But, um, but it's also, it can be the sales guys just being too critical. Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to listen to those calls and have a look and flag if a qualification rate is too high or too low, mm-hmm. you know? So in, in a traditional sense where that marketing and sales is done by two completely different entities, who does that? No one. Okay. That's why they don't win. Right. You know, and so we took over that functionality at Sales Sniper. Like, so we we work with, that's why, like, marketing companies either love or hate working with us. <laughs> like, there's nothing in between, man. Like, the good ones are like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. We get great feedback. We give them data they would never have. We explain to them things, like, all of our reasoning. We track everything. We work with them. But the ones who, like, just don't want to be held accountable, they all quit. Yeah. We've oh. had that many because we go, no, dude, like, I can show you why this is your fault. And then I'll explain in detail why this is their fault. And I'll show them all the data, all the metrics, run through all the problem solving that I've done to fix everything on my end. And we go like, so what have you done about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got more leads, <laughs> spent more money. Well done. Yeah. You are good at your job. So like, for example, we're in a situation right now where we're giving this feedback to a marketing company and they just don't know how to take it. Okay. And so we've gone, hey man, like you can't raise ad spend. Like I've told them, you can't raise that spend. They go, why not? We go, because you have a fucking 65% no-show rate. Like only 35% of people are showing up. I go, it's only going to get worse if you increase ad spend. Mm-hmm. I go, in to fix this issue. And then what they do? Went away, went away straight away and turned up ad spend. Okay. And they were like, and they were like, I came back the next day and I was, or the next week, and I was like, why'd you turn up ad spend? Oh, because we wanted to get more sales. I was like, but that won't work. It's not more sales. You're just throwing money away. Like, yeah. Let's fix this issue, then turn the ad spend up. It, it subtensions out, right? So you, if you're 65% no show rate, it's going to be that whether it's 100 people and 65 of them aren't turning up or it's 1,000 people and 650 of them aren't turning up. Yeah. But you've paid to reach 650 people for no reason. Exactly. Yeah. And also, like, the people who are taking those calls, like, you have to – like, I want to fill people's diaries up, but it's like, now you put me in a position where like, okay, am I going to fix your problem? Fine, I'll triple book all calls. Yeah, okay. So now I've got so to double so and triple book calls. From their point of view, they are right. It, without understanding your, like the actual sales process and yeah. the time wasted and the manpower down the toilet, uh, they're just like, well, we can, that number, we're only, if we're getting 35%, it's, it's 35, let's make it 350 yeah. Right. Like that's that's great. We've yeah. got three hundred and fifty people turning up, and and that and that's the mentality that results in a sales team that's really large and nobody makes any money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what you've got to do is like you, people get too impatient mm-hmm. to sort of scale accounts, and this particular account it's got a lot of potential. We've done a particularly good job. Um, we're doing a lot of consulting with them for free to try and get them to fix this, um, but like they're remunerated through profit share. Right. Right. But they also have a large retainer. So it's like, it's just not a, to me, it's not a situation that ends well. You know what I mean? Like they're not remunerated in the right, remunerated in the right way. Yeah. To, as in, like they're either, they're in too much of a hurry, but they also have too big of a fallback. So it's okay. like, they can do stupid shit. So like when I had my first meeting with them, I was pretty pissed off. And I said, raise your hand if you have a salary. They all raised their hand, and I was like, "Well, none of my guys have that, so why don't you guys stop fucking around and actually do some work?" Mm-hmm. And that really, that worked. It really realigned them. But um, so the marketing companies that do like you feeding back to them, 
have you have you got any feedback from them that like what you apply back to them, they then can apply to other accounts that they do and, and yeah. therefore be more successful across the board having received that feedback directly from you on that account, that chances are that templates across to other accounts yeah. and that they can be more successful. There are very few companies that can provide as much insight into a sales process than what we can. Okay. Um, Why? We've just done so many of them. Okay. And I, I looked at things so analytically when I was a sales rep and I've passed that on and that's been extrapolated out now that like we can look at things and go, that is why it's not working. Okay. Uh, and sometimes so that- like I've gone, Hey, this is us. I'd be like, so you need to give me two weeks okay. because this is our fault. Okay. So the script's not working. We yeah. don't know the product, whatever it is. The Something's pitch. happened. Yeah. yeah. And so they're going, Oh, okay. And I'm like, so you need, we need two weeks. Don't ramp ad spend. <laughs> like don't whatever you do. Like it's not going to make any more money. Mm-hmm. So like, let me fix this. And then I'll go, okay, I'll fix it. You can go now. Okay. And th- does that look like getting all that data, recording it, that looks like something that the guys fill out after a call or from the analysis of the call, someone else looking in like Marco reviewing calls or so it's like a com- how do you, what's that tangibly? Like what, what can so you hold? We get end of day reports for every account. And then from there, it's like you should, there are certain like baseline data metrics that every part of a sales process account dependent should fall into. Like it's different. Like if we're doing a biz op account, like all the rates are lower. Okay. The show up rates are lower. The sales calls, the pass through rates Why's are that? lower. It's because the op- it's a it's a people like looking to. It's really easy to get leads. Okay. Right. That's that's the real answer. Because like make ten thousand dollars a yeah. week. Do you hate your life? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to make money? <laughs> How did you know? Yeah. Click this button. <laughs> you want a Lambo? Bitch? Here's a fake email address. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want Lambo? Yes. Click this button. Yeah. Right. So it's just easy to get leads, especially in the U.S. Right. Okay. So the easier it is to get leads just the worst quality okay like com- coming through everything is so you have to have different metrics in mind where if it's like an agency right like say a sales sniper or a sniper media or like a you know an agency model like we sell uh for ken okasaki like we don't need many leads at all mm-hmm. because like agency leads are better but they're few and far between comparatively okay um so we, we sort of create the success metrics based on what we've seen in other accounts. And then if we let it run for a couple of months and then from there we can realign what good KPIs are, but we just have like sort of red zone, green zone, yellow zone, right? So if it's in the green zone, fucking sweet, sweet, sweet. And you can see as soon as particular metrics start to fall below, then you just make a tweak and hopefully that does it. So like the reporting structure is, Hey, this is what we saw. This is what we did to fix it. Uh, it's either in progress or has worked. And this is some issues that I can't figure out how to fix. Mm -hmm. And then from there we do strategy and how to do that. Hand that strategy back down. They implement it. Let us know how it went. So it's a reporting structure like that. Um, And and so, and we've done that. They're still passing it down. And so we should be able to, on a day to day basis, red flag any issues. Uh, Like one of our accounts right now, we're doing the sales and the marketing lead flow is great sales are low so but like the conversion was high so we we figured out it was activity okay so we fired the outbound guy in there right just didn't do shit right so i was like oh just didn't do anything you know (laughs) know what i mean so like new outbound person four hundred dollars or two hundred dollars a day that will fix the problem 
mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then from there, like the efficacy of that person because they're new will be lower because they're newer. Yeah. So it's like their show up rates, their conversion rates, everything will be down, but we'll be able to build that up with a little bit of time and skill. But the sales guy we have in there is doing a good job, mm-hmm. you know, like, so you can sort of tell through activity. There's two types of metrics, activity and skill. Mm-hmm. Like or the, or the or the skill based numbers fine, so, and or the activity based numbers fine. So by activity and skill, you mean how hard do you work and how good are you at it? Yeah, or how effective is that work? Okay, yeah. Because you can have people who are just like crazy, like they just go for it, but they're but they're bad at just it. Flapping around. But I mean, like that's not a bad way to be because that that's actually a much better person to have than yeah, someone yeah. who's really talented but yeah. doesn't do shit. You can sharpen that spear. Yeah, I had a chat with a guy the other day. Tell me he wanted to move up in the world of sniper and sell this, this, and this, and he just hadn't done shit on the accounts I put him on. I said, okay. Um, you need to do more stuff. What do you mean? I said, how about you make three sales a day or I find someone who can? <laughs> he goes, oh, okay. I guess I'll do that. Okie doke. I was like, is that clear enough for you, champ? Like, and hopefully that motivates that person to then do the activity because they're talented. Yeah, okay. And I fucking hate seeing talented people not do the work. Mm-hmm. It's one of my bugbears in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why I'm so glad that I was so shit at sales. <laughs> I was so bad at it. Lenny was the sales guy, you know that? Yeah. Yeah, he was like the sales guru in the business. Yeah. I was terrible at it. I really? It. Yeah. But I turned got it around. Good. Yeah, until we turned that around real quick. Uh, it only took me 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> overnight, yeah. 13 years success. That was an overnight success. Um, so, yeah, so that's a few other things. If I'm trying to, uh, So we've got, like, is everything set up? Have we got the sort of correct amount of communication? Are we getting people off tags? We're not doing overly fake personalized emails. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then we understand like the communication and why, what we're trying to do with that next phase. And then, you know, having the conversation around that gray area, the handover of sales and marketing, it's like, where does the marketing department's uh, responsibility stop? Yeah. Where does the sales responsibility begin? Yeah. And there is that gray area that you've got to figure out and you've got to like, everyone's got to acknowledge this is the handover point. And we're all responsible for this metric getting yeah. better. And then you just find what your shittiest metrics are and you just work on each one, mm-hmm. like step by step. And if you do that, like you'll fix show up rates. Um, okay. And because you cannot scale your business and account, whatever it is, or as a sales rep, like you just can't make more money when you have really bad show up rates. So something you said just a few minutes ago about triple booking calls. Mm-hmm. What happens when you open three Zoom meetings and all three people turn up? Yeah, well, usually it's the same meeting. Okay. Um, so it, it you'd only so you would only double book if you had an over 50% no-show rate. Yeah, okay. So you've got a 60, 66% no-show rate. I would double book in that situation. Okay. Or I would stagger book. So let's just say I'm taking 45-minute sales calls. I'd have a new one start every 15 minutes. Okay. So I would overlap them heavily. Okay, so, so you could just be late to yeah, one. Yeah, and that's where, like, you just, if you finish a call early, call the next person. Mm-hmm. If you finish a call late, text them, say, hey, I'm running five minutes late, I really apologize, and push it back. So, like, that's a really good tactic. Some of our accounts, that's how we work. Mm-hmm. We have one account that we do the sales and the marketing for, and, like, it's just the demographic of the human beings that we're going after for that particular business. Yeah. It's a high no-share rate account. We've tried everything under the sun to fix it. Like everything we've tried. And it's like, well, doesn't make a fucking difference no matter what we do. Triple book. Okay. 
So I guess that's what's interesting because, you know, it's one thing to say triple book, but it's another reality to deal with that. Right? Like, and so, you know, that could surely lead to people being flustered, you know, knowing that there's someone else waiting, maybe they're texting you. You, you, You're midway through handling an objection at the back end. You don't think I'm going to, like, I don't think I'm going to get over the line, but I've got another person in the tank waiting. Like, do I abandon this quickly in order to not be late and therefore decrease the chances of the next one? Like, I think that's the minutia where certainly... uh, like not having done it, that's what I'm thinking about. Like, fuck, what? Like, what's the practicality of that? Right? Yeah, it's one thing to just say triple book, but it's another to handle three people at yeah. one time. So triple booking is like a rarity. Okay, like I've I've only I've only known of it being done once, and that's on the account that we're doing at the moment. Okay, so double booking is fairly common though if you yeah. have pretty high no show rates, um, and you can double book and stagger. So you can just go like you know we'll just stagger them, and that's usually an easy way to do it. But you just got to be like. You just got to be okay with it. And it's like, this is the method that maximizes my time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if this maximizes my time and gives me the best chance of making the most amount of sales in a month, then I just have to deal with the ramifications of the good and the bad of that. And it's 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 an unlikely scenario if you have a 60% no-show rate that two people show up at the same time. Yeah, it's yeah. Statistically, it's statistically, an anomaly. it's uncommon, but yeah. not, not impossible. No, it does happen. But that's where, like, because you're having no-shows, like and it's it will happen where you have two people not show up at the same time. Mm-hmm. Then from there, that's when you call the next person early. Okay, and so like you're always kind of working in front and behind your own diary. Okay, right. So you're trying to intentionally draw them apart wherever yeah. possible. Yeah. yeah okay. Jer- Jeremy told it to me. Mm-hmm. I was having this problem, and he was like, S- "Just double book it," and I was like. What do you mean? See, this is the thing. See, like, I feel like you just dropped that as like, oh, you just double book. And I'm like, no, that seems like quite an advanced concept to me. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. this doesn't seem like yeah. an easy thing to do. It's not common. Yeah. I've, okay. I've never heard anybody else talk about it. Yeah. Except for Jeremy, who's like, oh, just double book everyone. I was like, what do you mean, dude? He's like, well, I used to have 50% no show, right? So I double booked everyone. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, how do you, I had the exact question. Well, how do you deal with this? He's like, just call them early, call them late. Okay. I was like, oh. It's like the simplest possible answer. Yeah, you just text them while you're talking to the person. Hey, I'm really sorry. I got caught in a meeting. I'm I feel like we need to late. make a practical YouTube video on this. We need to. Yeah, we, we can, can expand that. on that. If you'd like to see that, let me know in the comments. Yeah. A YouTube video on double booking. How to do it. How to handle it when both turn when up at the same it. time. When to do it. The pitfalls. Yeah. Yeah. But it, like, it, it's a game changer for the accounts that it needs to be on. It's a game changer. And a lot of the time we'll do it temporarily when a marketing company is trying to figure something out. Okay. And they're shocked when we do it. Yeah, right. I go, yeah, it's cool, man. We'll just double book everyone. They're like, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, your show up rate sucks. I'll just double book it. It's fine. They're like, you can do that? And I was like, you can. It's just a button. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Like that I Like, I much prefer stagger booking. I much prefer doing, like, 15-minute increments and just go bang, 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 yeah. bang, 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 like that. Um. Or even like just reducing the call time. When you said it's the same Zoom link, have you ever had two people unrelated to each other turn up to the same call? Yeah. And you're just like... Just roll with it. Yeah, I'm going to pitch you both. Yeah, going to get you both. Yep. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Tom, this is Brad. Yeah. Brad, this is Tom. You guys both have shit businesses. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys should be friends. You guys are going to get along real good. Yeah, yeah. I just the, One of the things that I've learned in sales... Is that you cannot be flustered by anything, mm-hmm. and it's uh, and I'm I'm generally not flustered by much in life anyway. 
like one of the things I used to do all the time was when people wanted to make a payment, but like something happened and it went down. They didn't have a credit card. They didn't have this. I would just take, I was like taking reservations. Anyone can just take the reservation. <laughs> I wouldn't even write shit down. Yeah. yeah. They'd be, they'd be like, oh, I actually don't have a credit card. And I'd be like, that's cool. I can just take your BSB and account number or your ACH details and we can just order it that way. They don't yeah. have that. Hey, that's cool. What I can do is just grab your Venmo, your yeah. PayPal, Cash App. Yep. What do you want? You can get a carry pigeon. I would get anything. They would go, oh, yeah, sweet. And I'd go, yep, the charge all went through. No worries. <laughs> I'd be like, that's fantastic. You should receive a you should receive a receipt in the next hour. Um, I'll go ahead and organize your onboarding. Let's get you all set up. And then I'd be like, I'll give you a call back in a little while just to confirm a few things. Like, yeah, sweet. I call them back. And then, like, let's say, like, they left their credit card at home, right? And they go, I go, hey, did you manage to find your credit card? And they go, oh, yeah, got it all sorted. It was in the couch. And I was like, oh, cool. Hey, man, weirdest thing. <laughs> the payment just didn't go through. Do you mind if I grab your credit card details now and we do it that way? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Because, like, if I stumble, yeah, you yeah. know, and I make it weird, like, they're, they're at the time where, like, once they've emotionally made that payment, yeah, they're yeah. in. Yeah, 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 it's done. They're in, it's done. So if I go, okay, I'll call you back in an hour, all the little reasons in the back of their head as to why they wouldn't do that, they come out and like it's 50 50 when I call them with not, no matter how good a job I've done. Mm -hmm. Right. So I just go, yeah, yeah, sweet. All good. Done. Just, and then I just call them back later. Yeah. The same thing when I, when I take someone from a deposit, like they don't want to make the full commitment, but like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'll do a deposit. I'll put $500 down today. And then in, in a week's time, I'll do the additional 2000 and do this. And I go, cool, man. Sounds good. And I'm the only person that I know that's, that teaches this. Because I think well, I think it's brilliant, if I'm honest. I go, yeah, it's cool, man. I'll go ahead and take that. And I process it, and I go, how's it feel, man? And they go, great. I go, why does it feel great? And they go, oh, this. And I go, taking that first step is really big. And it. like, congratulations, man. You took the first step. I was like, but why don't we just, why don't we just go all in? <laughs> <laughs> this is a, just a tip conversation. Yeah. And I go, we'll just go all in. Like, you, yeah. dude, you have taken the hardest part. Like you're at the bottom of a big fucking staircase. You're looking up and dude, you've taken the first step. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just go all in. What's the success rate on that? It's huge. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. And then I, what I'll do is if I've had a good call with them, I'll start going, Pat, 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 <laughs> Pat. And chanting their name and going, fucking do it, do it, do it, Pat, Pat, Pat. And they go, ah, let's fucking do it. They yeah, get all yeah. excited. It works. It literally works nine times out of 10. Yeah. Same thing to get a payment plan and a and a and a, and a full pay. Mm -hmm. So whenever I go from payment plan, because I never pay, I always pitch the pitch the most expensive version of whatever I'm selling. Mm. So let's say it's like six payments of three k, which is eighteen thousand, or you could pay fifteen k paid in full. Mm -hmm. Right? I'll go. So it's eighteen thousand dollars for six months, and for this is what you get. And then what I'll do is I'll like I use that because then I can roll them downhill. It's just mm. easier, right? So I'll go, hey, listen, you know, and like, let's say I get them into a three pay, right? Because I don't want to sell payment plans. I want to sell paid in fulls, but I'll go, okay, so it's three payments of six grand. That works. Okay, cool. Take the six grand. And I go, hey, man, did I mention that if you pay in full, you get like a discount? They go, no. I go, yeah, oh, fuck. sorry, dude, my bad. It's 15K if you pay in full today. So you've put six down. It's only an additional nine. Mm -hmm. I go, do you want to? You want to go all in? And then they'll like be like, we can just do it right now. The brain chemistry science on that's super interesting, right? Like that would be a dopamine surge. So like that uh, 
fear and hesitation and, and anticipation, that sort of anxiety of uh, a big step is a really addictive um, state to be in. In fact, it's probably actually the most uh, not comfortable and oh, certainly not pleasurable, but maybe maybe comfortable like state for a human being to, to be in. Like that's where you idle at best yeah, is right. that sort of like, oh, Right? Should I, shouldn't I take Yeah, them? so like, and your ancestors did that, right? The ones that were like, hey, um, I'm comfortable, I'm happy doing nothing. They got eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. And the person <laughs> who was like, things look good. I should find something to do. I should like improve my shelter. I should, yeah. you know, fortify a little bit. They didn't get eaten by the saber-toothed tiger. So like we're programmed to feel that way. So I imagine after you get them, like, you know, the dopamine surge is over because they've achieved, they've yeah. run the card. And then it's like, oh, but you can bring them back into that position to give them the yeah. opportunity with a bigger, um, like a bigger, uh, you know, prize, a bigger, it's a, you know, the, it's the next step. It's yeah, the all in. Yeah. 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 And it, it, like, that's, that's the brain chemistry of what would happen because they get that, that drop. Like I've made the payment. I feel sick now. Yeah, and I want to, I want to feel like I did just a second before I made the payment. So yeah, let's yeah. triple the payment. <laughs> Let's I do could, it, baby. I could go right back to there. Yeah. Right. And that, that's why, like, I recommend people get referrals right after people have bought. Mm-hmm. Um, but that works. And, like, you know, a lot of the time, what I'll do is I always recommend that, that clients of mine that we have a 30 day pay in full window. Mm-hmm. So it's like if they pay the whole thing within 30 days or, like, within the calendar month, for example, then it's a paid in full. Okay. So I'll go, hey, listen, man, like, if you want to do that, like, oh, I'd be like, hey, listen, if I was able to, what if I took this second payment in two weeks? Would that work for you? And they're like, perfect, sweet. If you do it before the end of the calendar month, I can I can give you the paid in full. Yeah. And they're like, perfect. And I'm like, sweet, I'll schedule it for this date. Yeah, right. You know? So, and a lot of the time I'll, I'll have paid in full incentives that, like, aren't even, like, monetary. It's like you get access to a particular day once a year. Uh, which is another great way of doing it because if you have a paid in full day, I used to recommend a paid in full day every quarter and it was only for people who had paid in full the entirety so they had no payment plans left in the program. Every quarter and every 11 weeks, the sales team would reach out and just collect cash. Mm. And it was a way to collect more money quickly and kind of liquidate. Mm-hmm. So I used to do that a lot. Yeah, that's a great and, idea. And it was a really good. It was really good. Like, hey man, we had this amazing guest. If you want, all you gotta do is pay out your contract. Yeah. Oh yeah, fuck sweet. And it's not bullshit. It's not like that false urgency thing. Like, there really is a tangible thing they get for having been paid in full. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's really good. But all those little things like stack up, and that's I think one of the reasons why we've been successful is because like um, I just came up with a lot of these methods. I'm sure other people have done them. Like, I'm not fucking, yeah, yeah. you know, but like I came up with a lot of them, and I have a lot of them. And mm-hmm. these are ways to just collect a little bit more cash. Like if you tell me, like if we're doing the payment plan thing and, and, I, and I'm like, so what do you think we should be get away with? And you're like, oh, I think I could do four. I always go, could you do five? Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, I could. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, sweet. I always just try and collect a little bit more mm-hmm. and, and just, just push them to the next little bit of commitment because the more commitment I get from them, the better. Mm-hmm. And then just being willing to ask, okay, now I've got the, patent, the payment plan. Okay, now I'm going to drop you the patent full discount. So it's all a system that's designed to collect the highest amount of money possible from yeah. people at all times, um, and which, which just liquidates everything way faster, which allows you to put more money back into ads, which means you can scale faster, mm-hmm. which is why we've managed to sort of scale businesses so quickly because Amazing. we just employ all those tactics. Yeah. 
Yeah. And every little bit helps, right? So, like, oh, for every one of those that nudges yours 1% further, 20 of those things is a 20% further. Especially if you're looking at, like, return of ad spend, like ROAS. Mm. You know, it's like, if we're over here and over here, there's a lot of steps in the way. If you increase everything by 2 or 3%, it's just a huge compounding factor. Yeah. And it goes from a, a six-time return of ad spend to a 12 times. Yeah. Then you can spend double the money and get double back again. Mm-hmm. You know? So, works out. Snap it, too. Snap a do. <laughs> All right. If you guys like this content, uh, make sure you let us know down below. Yeah. And uh, we can we can keep doing it. Questions, queries, dramas, doubtful points. Ooh. Hit us with them in the comments. I like it. All what right, guys. Can we elaborate on. Yeah. What could we? I don't know. You guys tell us. But uh, thanks for everything, guys. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye.